When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 897 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Pyle, joined today by David Bray and Ben Funky Askren, coming at us from Slide Town, USA, the Wisconsin Dells. Um, man, and let's just get right into it. Amazing yeah. duel yesterday between Iowa State and Missouri, and what I'll say is the performance of the year from David Carr. Goes to Missouri and takes out Keegan O'Toole, 7-2, to and if if you had just said, hey, in this match, there's going to be a, a, a counter score takedown, and there's going to be a riding time, there's, there's probably no one in America, everyone would just say, oh, okay, then Keegan O'Toole won, yeah. and... It was David Carr with the counter takedown. It was David Carr with a, I mean, that was just not on the bingo card of him being able to ride. Um, it, it was really sort of, you're like, if anyone can ride, it'll be Keegan, right? Yeah. And it, it kind of, everything went backwards um, from, from how we thought it would go if it would be a win for someone. If, if Carr won, you would think, yeah, he'd win the takedown battle and just be new, neutral on his feet, but. He went into a lot of the dangerous territory with Keegan, and he came out uh, on top with it. And yeah. um, Ben, I know it's not not going to be the most fun show for you, but just your your <laughs> your thoughts on on the match as it was unfolding. Yeah, maybe maybe we can <laughs> not talk about it that long. Um, no, I think uh, I think Keegan underestimated his top prowess and was able to get off bottom, and that's something he's got to be able to do. Um, I mean, obviously, giving him takedowns a short time doesn't leave you a lot of time to get away. But third period, there's not really an excuse for that. You got to figure out how to get out of there. Um, he was able to get to his feet a lot, but wasn't able to put the final escape on it. So um, he's got to make some adjustments on that one before next time. And then on his feet, I think maybe he underestimated how strong David Carr was going to be on his single leg a little bit. And um, I think he, once he got out of the first kind of sign of danger, he maybe relaxed a little bit, and then and Carr just kind of pulled it back in and finished the single leg. Um, so yeah, I think that's what, I think that's what we got to do. Yeah. So the first attack from you know the first minute, I kind of went back and rewatched kind of the, the minute by minute breakdown. First minute, it's like okay, Keegan's like he's the one kind of closing distance, controlling center, just trying to get his hands on him, and then. Carr timed uh, a snap really well, and it wound up really deep. And to, to Ben, your point, like, it's a wizard from, from Keegan, and then Carr steps over, and then Keegan gets the leg back. And then I was really, I wasn't sure what Carr was doing to be able to get back to that position. But 
it was yeah. impressive because of how methodical it, it was from Carr, right? Yeah. It was like, I know all the steps. He used his length. He's got long arms. They would come yep. up around the, sure. the hip well. Um, he really what count, uh, finished really strongly there. And then, the, of course, the yep. ride was, was impressive. And then Keegan gets that take uh, a nice cake, takedown of his own. And, well, and, uh, and between that, like at the end of the period, Carr has choice, and he's looking to the corner like, bottom? I don't know. Like he, he, he did not immediately go bottom. Mm-hmm. He had to think about it, yeah. and, then, and then he got out. I mean, that, that part was really important for me too. Yes, and then Keegan gets a takedown, and then yeah. a, another immediate escape. And it, I, I don't think it was because Keegan got aggressive for the cradle. I think Carr was kind of out. Yeah, he was and, coming up a little bit. Um, so he gets the escape there. and um, I, I do think Keegan tried to rush the next takedown a little bit, and he probably he got back in on the legs, and he kind of tried to rush it, and he shouldn't have, and then he ended up giving up the takedown. Because uh, he got a little bit out of position, and it was the shin wizard from Carr that that caused the initial problems off of Keegan's single leg. Was there something in the wizard that made it particularly effective? Well, no, I, th- I think the first time uh, the the leg in worked right. So the first time he went leg in off of the single leg shin wizard position, and the second time, I believe he tried to go back to it, and Carr was ready for it, and that was what he countered off of. Yeah, and then Whereas, you know, he, that's not as secure a finish as like uh, you know running out to the corner and, and ramping it up or something to that effect. Do you see uh, in those scrambles? Can Keegan like try to force the head to the outside? You talk about how good Keegan is from that position, or is Carr uh, doing too good at the job? The line? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think probably a better plan would just be uh, you know better baseline defense, and then. Um, you know, he's trying to when on the on the single leg in the first period, he's trying to trail position a little bit, but I think we can maybe just try to get hips away. Um, yeah, there's a few other ideas I have, but now apparently Carr's so good. I uh, a lot of times with Keegan, I feel like I just t- tell it all, uh, and then the other person can't do anything about it. But with Carr, I'm like, damn, that's good. I probably shouldn't tell all of the ideas that me and Keegan talked about. Yeah, that would seem like sound strategy. <laughs> David, what were some other thoughts you had on the match? Well, I just, you know, yesterday we're, we're getting excited about the match. We want people to be excited about the match. And so we're putting all these different things on social media. And there's this little clip from an interview with Brent Metcalf. And he's, he's like, hey, the more wrestling positions this match has, you know, the more often David Carr's in wrestling positions, the better it's going to be for him against Keegan O'Toole. And listening to that, I was like, that sounds like the opposite of what I think. Like, I, I would have thought. The more wrestling positions he gets mm. in, it's going to favor Keegan. And, and you know, you mentioned some things like, oh, if you, if you said it's a counter takedown, who's winning? Obviously, everyone's picking Keegan. If you said Carr ends up, you know, head inside on a single leg and the position is extended for whatever, 30 seconds, that's another situation where I would say Keegan's probably going to win. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that, that Carr grinded out that first takedown and then that he got that counter takedown and, and really won the scramble – it's, I, I didn't see it coming. I think it's I think it's a a way more interesting first chapter of the Caro Tool book than I expected, and um, I think it sets up for really fun chapters in the future because now Keegan's got to go back to the drawing board a little bit, and I I don't know. I think that's a, a dangerous and fun place for him to be. Yeah, completely yeah. agree. There's there's obviously uh, adjustments to be made for for Keegan. 
for me, as I think about, okay, Big 12's NCAA's impact, I, I can't see a scenario where, where I pick, where I would pick Keegan until I see almost, I almost like, I'm at a point where I would have to see it to have my mind changed because I thought, because of what, what we're all saying, the, the territories, like with, with the Yanni Gomez loss, I'm like, all right, he got bombed to his back and that, that changed everything. Um, I, I think you can, I think Yanni will be able to stay out of those positions, but like, there's there's a lot of problems for him to solve. Keegan can do it a champion. And I, uh, I mean, I don't. I get yeah, so I, I I definitely see where that is your sentiment. Um, then the, the other the other obvious opposite side of this is, um, I mean, I I don't think he's ever been written. He definitely hasn't. Not in college has not happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it did in high school either. So I think this is maybe one where he overestimated his bottom skills and wasn't maybe. Uh, mining his P's and Q's, and he probably should have been. Uh, mm-hmm. He probably didn't expect David Carr to ride him hard, and so next time I do anticipate him being able to get an escape. Maybe not, I don't want to say easy, but definitely get away. Um, so then it just takes a first period takedown, and he's up 2-1, and the match is, looks a lot different, you know? Yeah, I, and I agree with that. Um, I agree yeah. with that as well. Also, yeah. did he... It seemed like he spent a, a little bit of time looking for a reversal in the third. Um, yeah, and so that's you know that's obviously a nice note to say. Okay, that's not going to work. Let's just skip that next time. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the way that match one in the series played out, it makes me way more interested to watch match two than I expected to be. I mean, obviously, my interest was going to be high no matter when they wrestle or where and how many times. But but it like it was just so so surprising and. Um, it, like it's, it makes me want to watch it more. Sometimes you watch a match you've been looking forward to, and it ends up, whatever, going to rideouts or just tons of stalemates or whatever. And and you're not. I mean, you're. I don't know. Kind of excited to see it again, but this one, like, I really want to see. Both guys had takedowns, um, and they're both willing to to go to these positions a lot. And and so I just feel like it's going to be very very interesting the next time. And I don't. I don't know that it's like a guarantee that Carr is going to be able to do the same thing over and over. No, I, and I don't either. I don't either. Um, and I thought the the post match kind of reactions from both was pretty uh, pretty telling of both their metal. Like David Carr's not thinking, "All right, well, there there it is." It's, this is he's not celebrating like it's a Super Bowl. He knows that there's adjustments to be made for Keegan. He's going to have to be better um, if he needs to beat him two more times and. Keegan seemed uh, just in the clip that we posted pr- pretty undeterred by by the result, and uh, yeah. it's not it's not bluster or bravado from from either of them. So since uh, since Dake Taylor has there been a what's since then what's been another like one two that we've seen wrestle you know three times in a year I'm trying to remember maybe Martin oh, Nickel um, yeah oh yeah this is going. Z- Zane Sorensen were one and two. two. Did they besides their first year? What's that? Did they ever they re- did they wrestle three times in a year? I feel like for whatever reason, maybe it was only two a couple times. So the senior year, um, or the year Bo had the pin. Excuse me. They, I'm pretty sure they re- they wrestled in the duel because Bo turned him. Yep. Uh, Big Tens. I want to say they hit. Um, that was 2018. Big ten, Bo Nickel. Um, yeah. So they they hit three times. 
Yeah. I mean, I guess you don't want to, honestly, for me, obviously I knew David Carr was good, but, um, Till like three days ago, I just I, I went back and looked at his rest set. I'm like, damn, he doesn't really lose like almost ever. Um, <laughs> no. and you know, and it was like, you know, I, I brought that up on the show yesterday. How many both these guys now Keegan had now has two losses and David Carr has three. Uh, and they both had, I think Keegan's had 60 matches and David's had maybe 80 or 90. Um, so it's just pretty rare that they lose. And um, so I think just because David had lost to Hunter Willits, and I don't know how he was Hunter Willits, actually. Uh, I think maybe that had been a huge stock down moment when maybe it shouldn't have been, and that was kind of fluky a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I think there's there's those outlier performances, and that's just what they are, and you kind of have to throw them out and dismiss them. And since since he moved up to once, well, really, since that loss, he wrestles back for third, wins every match, and then he's looked good this year. But this was, yeah. I mean, if you look at Carr's wrestle stat this year, this he had a, a wider margin of victory on Keegan O'Toole than he did Alex Facundo. And um, yeah, and Hamidi, and yeah. And you know, so that that's just not and a white sheets. And you know, and Keegan beat white sheets by ten. When and his match with Quincy Monday was like nip and tuck. I mean it's yeah, know, great well, point. That was a ride out also. Yeah, was was there no takedowns in that match? I don't think so. I think it was no, two it, it was a tough watch. Out. So yeah. yeah, he he obviously put a a championship performance together for his biggest match of the year. Yeah, uh, and obviously I think Keegan, uh, you know, I said this on bottom, but I think maybe neutral also, maybe a little underestimation of the opponent. Because um, I you know, I don't think that was in his head that he was getting ridden out at all. So next time he's gonna gotta tighten it up a little bit. Yeah, you're probably thinking if if you're Keegan going in that match, you're thinking like, all right, I'm gonna have to defense probably some really good leg attacks. Um, I'm gonna have to counter score. I'm gonna have to get to legs and finish. I, I want to ride him. And you're just probably not thinking. Not that you're overconfident, but you're just probably like stack ranking the positions of importance, and you're probably yeah. just like, ah, I could get ridden here. And, yeah, for sure. And sure enough, um, he did. Mm-hmm. I mean, David, David Carr did have that ride out on Delavecchia in the NCAA Finals uh, when he won. Right. So, you know, he does he does have the ability to do it sometimes. And I and I, I'm uh, this is not me saying I'm being salty or saying Stalin, but it's never like um, he doesn't put people flat and then try to turn them. Right. It's almost all like mat returns, uh, maybe a breakdown here and there, but not holding them on their belly like that type of thing. And you know, Keegan probably was on his feet. Oh, five or five or six times, I would say. Yes, like, yes. Cool. He was using ankle stuff. He he got the wrists a few times um, as yeah. well. Good pressure. He he ate a stall. I mean, it was really just super savvy. He ate the five count stall. You know what? That ref, um, the ref last night, kind of across the board, definitely in Keegan's match. Uh, he wasn't really calling rear standing at five seconds. Um, and I do hate it. I, I hate it when it's a mandatory five. I don't think it should be. I think there should be some grace and leniency given how hard the top guy may, may be trying to return them. Um, but it did seem last night, Keegan's match was one. And I, I'm trying to remember what the other match was, where it felt like it was taking the other guy forever to do a mat return and he didn't get called. Well, there is no There's count. Do you know there is no count for a rear standing? Yeah, all- but they, I, yeah, that's I, they are relatively consistent usually on the rear standing position. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought you were going to bring up the six minute review. 
which broke my brain. In the oh, Paneer. that was so, no, the Paneer one was worse than, well, the David Carr one, no one even threw a brick. So it's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, he had to wrestle, you know, but then the Panera one was like, what is, what is even happening right now? Yeah, I was, uh, yeah, that was really bad. I mean, a, a challenge okay. cannot take as long as a match point. takes. It was an over six minute challenge. And yeah. to what, you know, I get it. it. It was close, but I watching it live. I was like, that's not a takedown. And yeah. then the replay, it was very obviously not a takedown. And they just kept looking it at was it. Behind Move on. What's that? The Panera was not behind it. When when the hand was down, he was kind of like off to the side here. Yes. He wasn't actually behind him. Yeah, he hadn't turned. And, and the way I think about it, and I don't think this, this position merits even all that much discussion. I thought it was just not too, albeit very close. Like, if you're not faced that the same direction as the guy, I don't, you, you can't yeah, get where you're standing. You know? You can't be behind him. You're not behind him. Um, yeah. Uh, and I guess I this is a good time as ever. I'm sure we'll bounce back to to this match. Um, that match was no, that, that 49 though was uh, the overtime was kind of super ideal for Panero because they had I think he had uh, a blood time. Then there was the review, and then Mahler had a blood time. There was like all kinds of his breaks, and he could just come and attack off the break. Yeah, he looked so he, like he looked like his battery level was all the way at zero, and then they would hit these breaks, and he's like, I don't know, <laughs> charge back up. See, I didn't, I didn't see. I think that's just Panier, to me. That's just Panero's reputation more than what I saw. I saw what? one guy consistently hitting hitting his knee and trying to score and trying to score and trying to. Score. He was outworking up through the overtime. Yeah, he was sh- he was like shot out of a cannon off those breaks for sure. But even still, he had such a higher activity rate he was so looking to score brock Mahler had no interest in scoring takedowns at any point in time in that match he was just okay, so, oh over time i would say yeah i agree with you uh third period i don't really agree with that sentiment but over time over time i do i agree with you brock Mahler called for stalling he deserved it third period i don't really agree and so you know to, uh, what we're saying is off that injury time then it created like a sprint, and honestly, some of those sprints lasted for a while because those scrambles were kind of wild. a few more kind of wild. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think Brock tried to score um, anything but counter counter scores. Yeah, yeah when Pinero scored, he got real busy when Pinero was on his legs. I think he felt that was yes. his opportunity and advantage yeah. against Pinero, and I understand why. But mm-hmm. I I, no, I did not can't really shoot. what he can't really shoot. No. He took, I, I counted two shots. One of them was with one second left in the period. Uh, yes, at the end of regulation, right? Was that it? or? Yeah, or second period. In the second period. Mahler, Mahler scores a lot of his points at the very end of periods. Like That's, that's a good time to score them. That's his, it seems like a big strategy for him. But um, I, I just pulled up the video file. It's 19 minutes and five seconds long. Yeah. There's a, over six minutes. You just can't. There's just got to be when once you start watching it, there needs uh, to be like a 60 second counter, and the TV the the replay shuts off, and yeah. you just said, and it's the screen like says, that. a screen just says decide now, <laughs> after a minute, and it's like you have to make a call, and we'll live with it. But you can't. You're just totally changing a match if you have a six minute break in it. Yeah, I get if there's a concussion protocol or if there's. I get a technology issue, which can happen sometimes. I don't think that was the case here. But yeah. I understand you want to get it right, too. I know you want to get it right. but um, the, th- the third period ended nine minutes into this video. 
Nine minutes to 21 seconds into this video. Yeah, so two minutes overtime took 10 minutes. Yes. Yeah. So it wasn't even two minutes. But it's not great. Yeah. yeah, it did. Yeah. So this is a this was a duel where I feel like both teams are like, they had some bright spots, but they're, neither is like watching walking out of the gym feeling like super great. Missouri wins well, the duel. Keegan, I'm pretty happy with Mizzou. Yeah, yeah, but but if you you lose the marquee match, it's like, oh man, yeah. your champ lost. Like that's yeah. that's a that is a blow. And then for Iowa State, they lost the duel. They got pinned twice. They had some serious issues getting off the bottom. Coach Dresser was pretty candid about that. Um, yeah. But they won the match of of the year. That yeah. was that was huge. So both had some really bright spots, and um, ultimately Missouri the the winner. Um, mm-hmm. Elam was pretty pretty decisive over Bastida. Mm-hmm. That was Bastida, one you feel good about. You feel good about uh, forty one where Hart very very decisively beat uh, Swiderski, and then you know I mean I don't know if you feel good about it, but as far as NCAA seeding criteria and Big Twelve. Uh, the Mahler Panero match is relevant. Yeah, it is, uh, and I think Mahler will be the one at Big Twelves, um, but they, they're likely to hit again. Yeah, uh, thirty-three was actually a really fun match with uh, Red yeah, and Brown. Yeah, he blew that at the end. I thought he, when he had that reversal and he had that super turk locked up, I'm like, he is going to get him here in the last ten seconds. I know. I don't know why he didn't go for like under the armpit. He went for like just the head, which that's such a weird thing. And then they called him for illegal headlock. But so that that was weird because sometimes, and I don't know why sometimes it's legal, but sometimes they let guys do that where they like crank the crank the face with mm-hmm. using the shoulder as like a prop. Uh, but then sometimes they don't because there was another match where it just got called illegal. I'm blanking which one it was last weekend. Yeah, I don't recall. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, that was that was a fun one. A lot of, I mean, Connor Brown actually said this to Max. Max like Connor Brown never wins big matches. I'm like, Connor Brown finds some way to be like tricky and make all these guys like wrestle in weird positions and make it semi close. Yeah, he's really scrambly. He's reasonably tough on top. Um, mm-hmm. And Redding was just like he was in good position, but it felt like all he was always just a little loose with it, and there was always these like little openings for for connor to make things interesting but reading yeah. ultimately won and, and really after heavyweight was uh a really strong moment for iowa state i thought yeah, skyler looked awesome he yeah. he looked really really good and, and that was a match where you see the neutral prowess and athleticism i felt like was a huge factor there i thought skyler just yeah. had great speed and he had strength behind it that first finish my gosh he just he skied him right in the air and put him down that was a really good mm-hmm. performance by by Sam Schuyler, who just keeps getting better and better. For, for yeah, Iowa he State. really does, huh? It's kind of a weird late term development. Hey, I got a Brock Mahler question for you. Okay, pulled up his wrestling because I was curious who he had lost to in the Big Twelve. Okay, so isn't it fifteen match minimum for eight Hughes? Because he's mm-hmm. at fourteen, he's thirteen and one on the year. So are they going to not give him an AQ? I thought it was twelve, but I could be wrong. Oh really? I thought it was fifteen. You could be right. Okay. Maybe, maybe he's uh, got so, plans I mean, for last chance, chance open. Maybe last chance open. Let's go to the last chance open. See the names. So right, let's, I'm yeah, gonna try to look it up. Uh, hey, Noah certain that was such an electric performance last night. Oh my gosh, I, he was crazy. I, 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 
I understand they aren't that high level. Like Pyramid's not ranked or nothing, and certain's probably a tens or fifteen. But hot damn, that was a lot of fun. Very fun. And there was some. <laughs> it was one of those. It, it was like he had his mind made up. He's like, I'm pinning this guy this period. Mm-hmm. He just kept trying. Yeah, <laughs> fast. He hits yeah. a till, then he hits another till, and then he just crunches on the cradle, and it, it was over. He had to get to that celebration. He had that thing planned out. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, for real. <laughs> that was funny. That was great. Um, sounded electric there. At the Hearn yeah, Center. a pretty good crowd. Yeah. Um, what was the other pin? There were two pins. Mahler. Oh, uh, yeah, Mahler. Mahler. Freaking. <laughs> he wanted a bonus point win. Man, if you a 19 minute video file that ends in a fall, that's that's pretty that's, rare. It's one in a million. Uh, it yep. does not say anything about match minimum. I'm I'm, I'm on the NCA page and I'm, oh wait, hold on. No, no, no. Here you go. RPI is a calculation that consists of three factors: winning percentage, opponents' winning percentage, and opponents' opponents' winning percentage. Only matches against D1 opponents are designated to weight class count towards the RPI, and a wrestler needs to have wrestled 15 matches to be ranked. But I don't think mm, – I don't know if that means you have to have 15 to get an AQ spot for your conference. I'll put it in the doc. But if you have – if you have – if you have to have two of the three – and you can't get ranked, then you'd have to have the other two for sure. So I guess you'd have the winning percentage and, and maybe the RPI. Yeah, I think so. What did, what did Mahler miss? The scuffle? Is that why? Yeah, he missed a, he missed a, uh, yeah, he missed a scuffle. That was the issue. Okay. He's kind of got some good wins, though, because he's, he's got Henson, he's got Pinero. And his only loss is Parco. Yeah, Colin. No, he's having a good year. I'm, I'm curious where he's yeah. going to get seated. Um, probably right behind the, Parco at this point. Yeah, Big Ten guys could beat each other up a little bit. I mean, if he if he if he is able to get through the Big Twelves kind of clean, um, that might work out kind of well for him. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. Um, anything else on this duel? Um, let's see. Uh, Mako got sloppy. He was looking good for a minute at three takedowns. And then, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, all the matches are good because Hawks and Hawks and Coleman was actually more competitive than I thought it was going to be. That was fun. Um, maybe that was the one with the, with the really extended rear standing. Cause I know he did eventually call for stalling, but it felt like it took forever. Uh, Rocky looked great. Zach needs to be able to get to his, uh, some leg attacks, and he couldn't. Uh, certain was so much fun. Brown was all scrambly, but just couldn't get enough, which is normal. Hart looked great. I mean, he just, he freaking, I guess, he puts Wernerski on his belly for like four minutes. He would have insta-death him for sure. Yeah, that's all I got. Gotcha. Hey, are you guys, are you guys streaming this uh, Ohio State Cornell? Yeah. Was this always on the schedule? Um, I think it did hit like a little a ways in the late. season, but it's been on for for a couple months. Okay, but you guys just started advertising like in the last maybe ten days or something, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of some good match. I mean, not, not what Mark. Uh, sorry, Sasso and, and Yanni is the marquee matchup, and then after that, you probably got Folk and Ethan Smith. Yeah, I mean, uh, and you know, Ramirez. 
Hartzler was a great round of 12 match last year. Mm -hmm. I'm sure Ramirez excited for another opportunity at that one where he's uh, ranked higher, although JD has has him as the favorite. I don't know if you want to start getting into these uh, lines a little bit. We could. Oh, I, do we even do picks yesterday? Because I don't remember actually doing so, I remember doing the whiteboard for the dually, but I don't actually remember doing any lines. So we never actually did. Oh, so my the, God. How did we do that? Well, no, but what happened was we never did the Keegan Carr pick them. Okay. Um, we we said who we thought would win, but JD had a line, and oh, we, neither of okay. us really said, "Hey, we got this guy covering." So I, that one's sort of off. But then we did the others were pick them, so our selections oh, were made. Um, hold on, because I, I mean, I'm likely to get them right because Mizzou won more matches than they lost. Um, yeah, <laughs> they did. Um, yeah, because you only picked. Missouri, I Bastida Elam for sure was one. And I think, oh, Panero, Panero. Hey, let's go two and zero, baby. I can't remember who I picked though on that one. I think it's somewhere. I think you picked Mueller. Sweet, shout out to me. I think you picked. I think you picked Swiderski also though. Yeah, but I don't know if that was a pick em. De- Definitely yeah, not. A pick em. I was just saying. I was thinking through my head like who you picked, and I think you picked Swiderski, but then you picked uh, Mueller. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, okay, let's get to some some pickums then for Saturday's duel: Cornell versus Ohio State in Tampa. We're gonna have a crew there. Uh, One thirty three match: Vito Arujal versus Jesse Mendez. Vito two and a half point favorite against Young Ooh, Jesse. Interesting. I don't think Mendez uh, is gonna get beat that bad. And I think there's a small chance Mendes wins. Maybe 20, 30% chance he wins. Really? Very high on Jesse. Yeah, I mean, after watching a Ruchow versus uh, Latona earlier this year, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's a distinct possibility. So you got Mendez covering. Yes, because I get Mendez winning and Mendez losing by either one or two points. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing the same. Um, do you have a thought on this match, David? Yeah, I mean, I think... I think there's a good chance that he covers Vito. Vito could. He, I don't know. That's a good line. I yeah. I like. I lean towards Jesse. I lean towards Jesse just because this guy's just gonna keep getting better. Yeah, I mean, you, you think about the Latona loss for for Vito for um, both of them. Well, yeah, but more more recently, <coughs> excuse me. And can Mendez replicate some of that mm-hmm. and uh, just yes. make it tough on him? Um, and I, I think that's what he can do, and I think he's got that power and speed to strike him from the outside. I mean, Vito wrestles a lot from space also, so it feels like Mendez will have a few chances to, you know, blow through him from the outside. Yeah, yeah. Good point, because Vito has incredible speed. I think Jesse's got to be right there. His speed's got to be pretty comparable. Yeah. Uh, Yanni Versasso, two-and-a-half-point favorite for, for Yanni. I just looked. Um, he he beat him by three and four last year. I feel like it's going to be somewhere in there. I'm going and Yanni. Yeah, I think he covers here. I um, think I think Sasso's wrestling great this year, and I think he can. I think he can keep it closer. I, I would take Sasso here. Sasso's had he's had a very strong year. I, I don't really? know. Also, he also takes losses, but see, real beautiful. And, yeah, Henson. good point. All right, CKLV is is what I'm thinking about. Where he looked great, but 
Uh, th- those weigh-ins have been hard on him. Um, so all three matches he's lost have been dual meet format where they're wrestling relatively soon after the uh, weigh-in. Yeah. Well, maybe they start at 157. Maybe they start at 57 for him. <laughs> they should. Honestly, it's the marquee match. Yeah. Coach Gray might be like, no, I'm not giving him <laughs> two hours, three hours. Yes. Uh, 65, Julian Ramirez versus Carson Hartschla. Point and a half favorite for Carson, who is ranked Ooh, four spots. Really? Yeah, I know. I feel like this should be a pick for sure. I kind of feel that way also. Julian Ramirez, uh, did he get beat up by someone? But then besides that, he's having a really good year. I'm, I'm... He has been beaten up. Well, I mean, he got pinned by uh, Hall. And then... Committee seems to really have his number two and just beat him up every time. Well, Hartschla's beaten him 10-5. Hartchell's beat Ramirez three times, and one of them was a major. But their most recent match was like a 4-3. 4-3, and it was so nip and tuck. Um, yeah, so there, that was the NCAAs last year. Uh, Peyton Hall pinned him this year. Hamidi beat him 14-4, and Carr beat him 10-5. So, yeah, when he loses, he does kind of lose by quite a few. Yeah. What, but we, the, the we, but is that, uh, and he did just beat Quincy Monday, but Karchla is not the same type of uh, wrestler. I mean, those those three guys I mentioned were all kind of like long and lanky, uh, Carr, Hamidi, and, and Peyton Hall, and I think that is something that he struggles with. Yeah. So who do you like here with the points? I'm going to go I'm gonna go Ramirez, because Karchla also hasn't been wrestling, which means he's been dealing with some type of injury, so he's probably not in peak form yet. Also, yeah, he did. He has missed some time. He's been wrestling recently, but um, really, yeah. I mean, he just re- remember he beat Camamina and they took the two off the board, and then oh, he lost. Yeah. Uh, then what happened? No, but after he didn't that? wrestle last he, weekend. He lost to Facundo. Yeah, he didn't wrestle last weekend. The weekend Sometimes before that, I... weekend before that, he he beat Max Mayfield by a point and lost to Facundo four one. Yeah, the Facundo lost. Yeah, All right, and yeah, he did not wrestle last week. Who did they wrestle? Was it Rutgers or somebody? I don't recall. They've definitely been wrestling. Um, uh, it's not Hefner. Who's the other guy that they have there? That they've been wrestling him a few times for sure. Wilcox. Wilcox, yes, that's who it is. Yep. Uh, Chris Folk versus what? Oh, redshirt. Redshirting. Hefner's redshirting. He's redshirting. Folk versus Ethan Smith. Folk a point and a half favorite, according to JD. Is, I'm gonna go Folk. Cover. Man. I kind of want to be different from you. Oka cover. Oka has been on fire this year and he can ride. He can get takedowns. Hmm. Let me look at this. Chris Oka <laughs> this year. 21 and one, one loss to Makai Lewis by a point. He majored Sam Dupre, pinned Nick and Contrera, 8-5, A lot of big wins, but not a lot of, so he beat Ethan Smith by four at Vegas, Ooh. which feels like a relevant data point. Hey, back to Isaac Wilcox in 65. He has wrestled four duels. So he wrestled the Indiana duel, the Rutgers duel, the Maryland duel, and the Michigan State duel. So it feels like uh, maybe they're just giving Carson Cardinals some breaks on weigh-ins or something because those are obviously the four not as good Big Ten teams that Wilcox has wrestled against. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Brandon Courtney versus Liam Cronin. Pick them, says JD. Come on. This is Courtney. Yeah. It's like not even. 
Yeah, it's not a thing. I mean, it's a thing, but at the Cronin should be getting some points here, in my opinion. Uh, go for really? it. Really? Yeah, do it. What? Do it. You know what to do. Say Liam. Say Liam Cronin. Say it right now. No, no, you say, I, I don't know if I'm picking Liam Cronin. Let me look. I think you should. Mm, I want. Okay. I need to so pick different Roy, from you, man. Barnett. No, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, Brandon Courtney. Let's go Arizona State. Ben's just doing the thing where he's just gonna pick every pick the same as me, and I can never catch him. Oh, I thought you were picking Cronin. No. Trying to get you to. That's where you said Cronin should be getting some points, meaning that he is the clear favorite. Uh, getting points, well, the way I meant it is like. Oh, the opposite. Spotted points, yeah. Well, like I mean, uh, when you when you're looking at their seasons, I mean, I think you can make the argument for Cronin because yeah. he has uh, he being corny has a decisive loss to Glory and a decisive loss to Eric Barnett, and that his best win right now is Brett Unger. Whereas if you look at Liam Cronin's WrestleStat, he freaking killed Barnett. Uh, three takedowns to zero. Um, and then he's got a win over Malik. He's got a win over uh, D'Agostino. Yeah. He's had a better year. I just think matchup-wise, Courtney matches up well. Yes. Courtney's another one of those guys who's not going to have the 15 matches. He's got – he's – Seven and two against D one opponents right now. The only op- yeah, opportunity for get close. Yeah. Um, okay. You know what that really screws though is uh you know what's annoying is lots of times that, that rule um it it doesn't actually hurt the some of these better guys. It hurts the guys because like you know Brandon Courtney's gonna finish above some uh, ahead of some other AQs, yes. mm-hmm. right? So then it hurts whoever like the lowest AQ in the conference is because that person then doesn't get the spot that he was, you know, deserving of and uh, why he got the automatic qualifier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because, yeah, that Pac-12, they're also going to have Kaler in there. Um, who, oh, uh, who else is in there for Pac-12? Yeah. Uh, Pauly, yeah. 25 will probably get What is his name? He's tough. He beat certain oh, in the finals Alan? of the Oh. It's um, he was a Don Bosco kid, wasn't he? There's an A involved. There's an A and there is an A somewhere in his name. Uh, I, I, know I, I seem to recall vowels. Alonzo <laughs> Antonio Allen. At, I'm on there, the there's vowels in his name. That is a Christian. I could not stop laughing yesterday when you said smoke a pot or smoke smoke a marijuana. Do a marijuana. I said. Do marijuana. That was what he said. Antonio, Antonio Lorenzo. So there was an A in his first name, but there's no it. A in his last I knew it. <laughs> He's a Bosco it, kid, right? I don't know, man. I didn't know his name, Ben. That's Cal Poly. That's Cal Poly's guy, not Bakersfield, by the way. But he is. Oh, I said Poly. My bad. Yeah. Oh, I thought he said Bakersfield. What about Nico Provo? Would he get an AQ? I don't think at this point. Hmm. Well. Yeah, he probably will. Uh, he'll be right on the edge. He's pretty solid. Yeah. Will we thought, will we know all those next week? I bet he gets one. 17 and 6. Yeah, he'll probably get one. Beat Whitcraft. Yeah, Steve Opoulin. He, he beat, beat Mastro. Beat Mastro. Split with Mastro. Mastro doesn't even wrestle anymore, though. Beat Spratly, yeah. Beat Cooper Flynn. Beat Steve Opoulin. Oh, Listen, when, when the zoo's beat... calling, the zoo's calling. 
Drew West. He, did he beat? Oh, was it Drew? Okay. Yeah. I was looking at. Good. I was looking at Kozak's sheet, and I didn't know which which Don't West like it that. was. Don't like it, Kozak. Didn't know if it was Blake or Drew. Okay. Kobe Seabrook versus Caden G. Feller. Pick him. I think this is right. I think this is kind of a Spider-Man meme. They're really similar, pretty scrambly. I do think... I'm going cheat. She's been figuring out a way to get it done this year. It hasn't always been pretty, but he has been getting quite a few wins. I'm going Caden G. Feller. I feel the same. I feel G here as well. (laughs) That's not good. I'm not going to do the thing where I just go against... I'm going to follow my heart. Yeah, because that's actually it's actually uh it's one of those things that I was just talking to my my uh, high school athletes about strategy. It's like, you know, when when you're losing by a point in the third period, you can't just shoot because you feel like you need to shoot. You need to get the set shot set up properly and then attack. You can't just attack because you feel like you need to attack. Right. Same game. You just pick different. Just to pick different. It's gonna bite you in the butt. Yeah, I will not be bitten anywhere, <laughs> especially there. Dustin oh, Plot wow. versus Nelson Brands. Plot, a point and a half favorite. Says oh, this, you know what this says all over it, guys? It's got three, this two. Says, all, this says all plot it. by a point. Although I, I would be nervous, and I always I always wish we had a clause in here. There's a definite chance it goes to overtime and Plot gets it taken on overtime, and which means he wins by two. So I kind of hate that portion of it. Yep. I'm going to go Brands here. I think he keeps it close. I'm going to go Brands. I'm, Are you kidding me? No, I just told you. I think the most likelihood is a three-two, but we might get screwed because it might go to overtime. I, plot. I don't know. I think plot. Plot. He doesn't have three-two matches. Yeah, he's a, no, he's but a Nelson Brand has a lot of. Them. Yeah, you're right. You're Nelson right. Brand is really hard to score on. Yeah. I mean, even Soraki didn't take Nelson Brands down. Did not. Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, wrapping back around to uh, NC State. Yeah. Okay, listen to Nelson Brands losses this year. 3-1, Rocky Jordan, Sun Victory, 2-1, Edmund Ruth, 3-2, Labriola, 2-1, Staraki. Okay. Yeah. He's I hard beat to beat. him by the point unless it's overtime. I, w- I would not be surprised if Nelson wins this match either. Is it so, Iowa City or is it in Stillwater? I hope it's, it's in Iowa City because he's going. It's Dave, in Iowa City. David's going. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. He's going to oh, Iowa yeah. State Championships. Because the then uh, the Iowa crowd will be much more uh, – uh, able to get stall calls for their guy. I don't know. I've been watching their uh, more like this year at home. I feel like they have not been getting a ton of favorable. I feel like it's been sort of that, like the refs are like, no, we're not going to be influenced. Huh? Interesting. Uh, Nelson Brands also only has nine matches. No, no, no spot for him. Mm. Yeah, he'll have to if, steal if, one. If we're reading the rule right, we could be totally messing this up. Also, yes. Ryan Jack versus Lachlan McNeil. Jack, a point and a half favorite over the surging Lachlan McNeil. He's been looking good recently. What do you yes, say, Ben? Um, I like that you're making me pick first every time, but I'm kind of screwing you because I'm picking, <laughs> picking who you want to pick. Oh, my God. I just saw the second line on this one. I will save it. Um, I'm going to go Lachlan McNeil. Okay, I'll take Jack. I don't feel that confident in either of them. Yeah, I would feel the same way. This will be, yeah. All right, here's the here's a big one. Austin O'Connor versus Ed Scott, number three versus number six. O'Connor, eight and a half point favorite according to J.D. Yeah, I saw this and I'm like, what in the world? 
But Scott sometimes gets bodied, and sometimes Austin O'Connor bodies people. Dang it! What are we gonna do here? I mean, I mean, Ed Scott was all but teched by um, Andonian. He lost. He's lost twelve. He lost by fourteen to Andoni. He lost by five to Josh Humphreys, five three to Peyton Rob, four one Corbin Munson, and by six to Peyton Rob. I am saying Ed Scott's going to bounce back match, and this is going to be really competitive. It's going to be like a two point match. I I'm with you. I think it's a bounce really? back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I I completely feel like Ed's going to really compete. He's it's a dual meet. He's going to have to keep it within. You know. Yes. You don't you don't want to get crushed. I, there's no doubt in my mind that O'Connor's going to win this match, but eight and a half, too many points. Too many points. Eight and a half. Too many points. These guys wrestled twice. Once was in 2021, and it was a an eight point major decision for O'Connor, eleven to three. And then they wrestled last year. I know O'Connor was a shell of himself. He was hurt, but Ed Scott won three to two. So yeah, seems like eight and a half. It's there's just no. I mean, there's no precedent for that. No precedent. I think it's just O'Connor just killed the guy that killed Ed. Yeah, and that's. And all, where, yeah. is, where is our lovely JD today? He's flying somewhere. JD is either on a plane or about to get on a plane to Tampa. Oh, is that the Spartan uh, combat thing? He was at Columbia. No. You probably saw him on the live stream. You saw him in Sweet Prince I actually on the live didn't stream. See him on the live stream, but maybe I wasn't looking closely enough. At the very end, he's asking Dresser for an interview. Hmm. He looked like somebody that snuck down on the floor, like Ben. Yeah, he looked like he put. He was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, too funny. Okay. Let's, why don't we go to some, uh, or some of the other big duels for the, for this week. It's got a couple fun duels right there that we brought up. I didn't realize, uh, those were both this weekend, but I guess, I guess there are no more duels after this weekend. This weekend is, it's going to be sad. It's like the end of a great duel season. Hey, I think, I think Cornell, Ohio state, like those matches you guys picked are great, but, Top to bottom, like 125, mm-hmm. Malik Heinzelman, Brett Unger, they split Rematch, at CKLV. Yeah. Um, that was the one where first round of CKLV, Unger got the wrist and got the turn, and then Malik beat him on the backside. And then 41, Demilio Cornella, like that's a very – who knows what's going to happen there. Um, yeah, I, I think I think this duel is going to be top to bottom really good. Hoffman, Cardenas, I think could go either way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just think that duel is going to be really fun. Hey, what if uh, Nelson Brands skips the duel for the last chance open? Mm. Is that this? Is it last chance open this weekend? You guys yeah. have it on the schedule for Sunday. It goes oh, from, man. from Sunday this week through Sunday next week, I think. If, if Dresser was really thinking he should do this on like a Monday or Tuesday so teams could wrestle oh, in their man. duels and then send them to the to the last yep. chance open. He should call the last chance open the first ever remote open tournament where you just zoom in. Satellite weigh-ins. Satellite weigh-ins. You just you can wrestle in whatever wrestling room you want. Yep. It just can't. Just this is the last chance open. It's, it's Actually, over. not a bad idea. Is that legal? <laughs> yeah. Who? Why? Who says the the tournament has to be in the same place? I bet there's not a rule against it yet. You can't find it. Probably not. Yeah. But you can't wrestle guys on your own team, so you'd have to you'd have to have at least two teams show up for one location, right? These are just details, Ben. Yeah. This is. Well, it's relevant. I mean, I'm thinking about hosting one next Monday. Let's go. Okay. 
Oklahoma State and Iowa. This is the last big, big duel of the year. So amazing tradition here. And so for any Iowa on paper are the favorites. So if you want to think about an upset, you're like, okay, is there a path for five wins for Oklahoma State? And I think there is one. There's a path, and we always talk about the path here. And we'll once again discuss it. So for Oklahoma State, you figure, obviously, they're going to need Dayton. They're going to need Plot. They're going to need uh, Travis Whitlake to beat whoever Iowa puts out. Coach Brands did not say who it was, but he did say it won't be Drake Rhodes. Uh, and he mentioned the week prior they would have to get creative for this duel. So I don't know what that means. Who could I hope it be? He, I hope he doesn't employ the tactic that Wheaton High School used, <laughs> where you get someone not on the team or on the roster. Um, would hate to see them getting hot water there. But um, yeah. what if they brought Michael Kemmer back or something? Bring Kemmer back to to wrestle Travis Whitlake. So we don't know who they're used there, but unless it's Abe Assad, and even with Abe, they. I don't think they'd be favored here, uh, given you know Abe coming off injury. So you mm-hmm. figure those three, and then you need probably G to beat Seabrick, and maybe you need either Voinovich to beat Murin or Server to beat Warner, and then you've got five, and then you probably lose by bonus points because Spencer Lee exists. Yeah, there's. I, I don't think sixty-five is completely out of the question. I wouldn't pick Sheets, but he's got a man. Yeah. He's got a win like this in him every once in a while. And we talked before yep. the show about. That Caleb Young win, he was like nine to four, nine to five, um, after Caleb Young had already beat him a couple times. So can't rule him out, although it wouldn't be smart money to pick it. He's for sheets, you know, he's gotta withstand the the hand fight and the pressure from Kennedy. But when Kennedy gets to legs, I think Wyatt can definitely challenge him. He's really good at counters, he's a good scrambler, he's tough to put down. And I think that's an area where Kennedy still has some some room to improve. So I think you're right, and you keep bringing that match up, and you were before the show, and I'll, I keep forgetting that that's a real match, Kennedy versus Sheets. Uh, yeah. It could also end up like Kennedy Nine. blows it open. Yeah. 97 is interesting because uh, Serber obviously beat Elam, and he's wrestled some other people tough, but he did just – didn't he get beat up by Sloan last weekend? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sloan beat him pretty good. So, he, I mean, that's – You favor maybe, Warner. But- it, it was interesting in the press conference after the Oklahoma State-Missouri duel, Serber kind of alluded to the the fact that, like, the coaching staff, it sounded like spent some significant time with him game planning for that for that matchup. And, and I wonder how much of that was because it's like you're wrestling the number one guy in the country. Mm-hmm. It's in a dual meet where you need that match or you you know you need every match. And so if you can somehow pull that one off, Great. And and I wonder if this will be a similar type of situation and maybe the Sloan match wasn't. Like South Dakota State, I don't know if you're spending as much time on a game plan. Yeah. Um so and anymore you should. You should. Warner Warner if that's I mean, if that's somebody that the Oklahoma State staff is spending Where's, a lot of time game planning for, that could that could really help. Kind of easy to game plan, I guess. Right. Yeah. He's gonna ride you really hard and put push you out of bounds. He's going to get tired as the match goes on, and he's probably going to take very limited leg attacks. Like, I mean, yeah, you could definitely do that. Yeah. So the the other matches, uh, Teske versus Fix, Dayton's going to be a considerable favorite there, although Brody's look good. Woods versus Carter Young, hard to see a path for, for Carter Young as good as real Woods has looked recently. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on Murin versus Voinovich? I can't. Voinovich has been like good, not great. It's hard to see him beating Murin. Murin, 
beats is very consistent beating guys who are uh not as good as him yeah uh he's been widening the gap too Mirren's looked really good the last few weeks um so you, you, you like him g yeah, versus Austin, abyss mauler uh panero colin he's he isn't beating any of those people who are on the upper tier at all yeah I'm curious about Voinovich. Like, he was like this amazing leg rider, and now I, I haven't seen that yeah. from him. He was a beast. Remember when he was getting he got taken out like two or three times by um, Vasquez, and they just pinned him. And they pinned him with a power half. Yeah, double legs, power half, pin. It was it was savage. But I feel like I just see him as just a like a, a good solid neutral wrestler. He's got really clean leg attacks. When he finishes, he he usually wins, but I have not seen, and I haven't watched every Victor Voinovich match, so I'm sure it's happened, but I haven't seen the leg riding like like we we had come accustomed to. I I think I heard something when I was in Oklahoma State about like his the the staff emphasizing to him that he needed to get better at his leg attack finishes, and so that's been a huge point of emphasis for him over the the top work, and so um, man. I think that, you know that maybe yeah dance who brought you yeah yeah can't forget about the things you already do well i mean that, that's 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 uh i feel like that's rule number one of wrestling coaching like when you're coaching and i i constantly remind kids that i work with it's like listen I'm, I'm trying to get you to do these other things but don't forget you have a great arm dragger don't forget you have a great body locker don't right don't forget about the things that you already have i'm gonna try to add to them but i need to know you already do those really well and i need you to keep doing them well what do i have that's great ben I've actually never watched you wrestle. That's, there's a reason for that. Um, <laughs> Get up and let me see some stance in motion. I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. And you got in your in that room, you've got Chris Perry, who is a great leg rider. Yeah, elite leg rider. So he could he could definitely the the pieces are there to get him to the next level and make that a real advantage. So yeah, an exciting duel. I think at at Iowa is obviously an advantage for for the Hawks, and they're they have on paper a better team. But I think there's there's a path for a an upset. But every time we say that with Iowa, they just end up yeah laughing and winning pretty yeah. considerably. Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty likely that Iowa wins by a very considerable margin in this duel. Yeah. But will be an exciting one, a good conclusion to the to the dual season. Last chance open going down Sunday, of course. SDSU versus North Dakota State. Clarion, Penn State. So they'll wrap up their season. UVA, Virginia Tech. That duel has lost some of its luster. Um, hopefully, hopefully UVA can start to rebound. And then Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. So a couple rivalry matches. Oh, yeah, you Oklahoma, and I, Wisconsin. Oklahoma State's got a busy weekend. They got... Uh... They got the Bedlam, Bedlam two, and they got Iowa. Well, that's tonight. Tonight, yes, yeah, Bedlam two, baby. Dang, uh, didn't Oklahoma, Oklahoma make the last one kind of close this year? Um, hey, wasn't it? I feel like it was. Can they like do it again? Right too. Hold on. Uh, let me get there. Oh, I'm gonna beat you. I'll see. Uh, yeah, twenty-one fifteen. Wow. Yeah. Twenty-one fifteen. Mm-hmm. So let's go through the lineup real quick. Heinzelman beat Doucette overtime. Prada beat Mastro. Um, 
Fix, Majors Henson, Moshe Schwartz beat Carter Young, Moore beat Voinovich, G. Feller beat Butler. Who are they wrestling with? Is there, are they still wrestling Butler at 57? Um, Yeah, they wrestled him. Oh, okay. Uh, Ninehouse over Sheets, Plot over Roberts, Whitlake over Penner, and Serber over Moore. I think those would be like really similar lineups. Yeah, Serber pinned Moore in 34 seconds. For the win, because it's 15-15. Oh my gosh. I know, oh, that's right? That's right. Yeah, that was crazy. And Whitlake won in overtime, so OU was winning 15-12 uh, going into those last two matches. Man, holy cow. That's a big one. That's tonight. I'll be at practice, but catch up oh, afterwards. You know practice for you. Practice? You're just practicing slides. Uh no, I'm going back for practice. That was that's that's the issue. Is like I uh, uh I'm kind of like habitual, so I really don't want to miss anything. So it's like Amy's like, when can we go? I'm like, never. I have too many things going on. I don't want to miss any private lessons or practice or nothing. So uh wednesday night is my one night where i don't do any private lessons or practice during the youth season so i said uh okay we'll leave wednesday afternoon and then we'll go back before practice thursday how far are the are the dells from you oh not super far like uh, hour and 20 maybe hour 30 Man. still nice to get a night at the adult campground in the middle of the week yeah it's not, no, it is not, it's too cold to be camping here. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, okay. um, never too cold to camp. I, I will right tell you, I will that's tell what you. I always say. Mm-hmm. It's so funny, like the way your your mind works. Like you know, as a kid, it's like, oh my god, we're in the Dells. This is the best time ever. And then you're adult, and you're like, oh my god, I just hope my kids don't run away and make it too hard to chase them down everywhere. <laughs> and then the other thing is, and I I could riff on this topic, but the amount of obese people in the pool is it is like it makes me want to Ralph. Uh, like we're talking severely obese and I've actually been thinking about this topic, Christian. I, I, I know you're going to be right on my page here. It's like people want to do this. Like you got to love all your bodies and whatnot, but listen, no being obese increases all chances of death for people by such a large margin. It's like, it is not good. We as a culture in America need to stop making being very obese. Okay. It is not okay. You're going to die like way faster than you would normally die. Yeah. And I think, so so much of the problem is there there is a convenience factor that I think and there is maybe a oh, motivation. Yeah. But I think people don't know I think there is like an education thing. It's like I think people think the path to health is way more complicated than it really is and way more I think they think it's way more sacrificial than it really is. Like But sacrifice is good. So you need sacrifice. No, but I know, but it's like, man, I, but think about it. Like if you're if you're in this rut of twenty, thirty years of living a certain way and yeah. It's like, oh, wow, I, I need to have, you know, people are thinking getting up early and working out a bunch and drinking wheatgrass and like all this crazy stuff. It's like, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not that serious. It's just like yeah. a lot of small efforts really can add up quickly. Little exercise, little diet modifications, narrowing your eating window, like drinking water, not soda, like yeah. little, little what I say are little things. Maybe they're not. To no, I, mean, I think you're right. But I think, yeah, I mean, for yes, for a lot of people, I think a few simple changes like doing something active for 30 minutes a day and, you know, reducing your caloric consumption, uh, you know, taking some unhealthy food out of your house would do a, a very, very large amount. But yeah, I mean, maybe there is an education. Maybe people don't realize like how closely obesity is tied to like 
increases chance of death of heart disease or other things. I think I feel like probably everyone probably knows that that part. I just think no, do you think do you think they actually know it? Or do you think they like kind of like maybe know it a little bit, but they're like I mean, if you actually look at the statistics on like how much earlier people die due to obesity versus like lean healthy people, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of like a decade or fifteen years. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I I only know my own experience. Like I feel like I've heard all my life that if you're if you're way overweight, you're like in my my kid brain was like, oh, if you're overweight, you're gonna have a heart attack one day. Like you're just more likely mm. to have a heart attack. So I don't know. That's just the way I've sort of viewed it. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think the it's not the to me it's not the education that it's bad for you. I feel like everyone probably knows that to a degree, even if they maybe try to talk themselves out of it. But I just think it, the path is way easier to to being healthier than than probably people realize. It's way more attainable. That's what I would say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's. Um, I just hate it when it's the kids too. It's like, all right, adults, uh, yeah, adults make started. their adults make their choices, and like it's like, okay, that's your choice is to be this way. But then when it's kids, it's like, man, it's like you you're getting started on a path that's so hard to change. And then those yeah. and they so often end up being the you know overweight, and that's it's true for every vice, right? Um, not just weight. It's just very visible that you're not you're probably not living a, a very healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, lifestyle yes so yes that's my thoughts on the Dells. but no the kids uh ozzy was such a little i see i almost cussed there i stopped myself he was such a little wimp about uh water stuff he's always hated water stuff and yesterday he went nuts he loved all the water stuff for the first time ever so ozzy ozzy was uh my wife was very happy that ozzy loved the water stuff and then luca max's kid oh my god he's so funny so there was the wave pool you know like a little wave pool yeah and he went and he kept going <laughs> <laughs> he thought there was a whale wave pool. <laughs> he was like freaking out and crying. Oh my god, it was like the funniest thing ever. I thought you were about to make a joke about some of the clientele at the Dale the Dells after that whale joke. Oh, uh, I don't think that's I I think he actually thought there was a whale not he was confused that a few of the people looked like that. <laughs> Did they battle? Do they do they do water battles? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I mean, yes, they battle a lot. I don't know if they battled yesterday or not. Uh, Luca was so he does dirty fighting. He hair pulls and he pokes in the eye and all not, not good stuff. But he is only two, so he doesn't really know the rules yet. Oh, he's only two. For, he's for turned three he's, in uh, two days. I thought he and Ozzy were way closer in age for some reason. No, it's actually kind of freaky. Um, so the difference in age between Max and I, and the difference between age and those two is like nine days apart or something oh wow like it's almost the exact same so my mom my mom watched them both i always think it's so weird because it's almost like she gets ben and max too like a second version of, of us. that is funny that's yeah. awesome both of my uh my kids cousins are born like exactly a month apart both sets so like caleb oh, and his cousin a month apart and natalie and her cousin a month apart that's awesome yeah it's great very fun Okay, let's get to some questions, uh, I think. Mm -hmm. After last night, is from Dominic Montano. After last night's performance, does it mean Oklahoma State is the best team in the Big 12? They beat Missouri and lost to Iowa State, missing some starters. I do not think it means that. I think I think Missouri is probably, if, you ha if I had a gun to my head, would I'd say they're the favorites to win Big 12. But I would also say... Um, 
it's it's any of those three's ball game. Oklahoma State's going to have to overperform the most to win, but all three are are really tough. Yeah. Uh, is there anyone else besides those two that could be competitive? I mean, SDSU and NDSU, we've been impressed with them this year, but maybe they can get in that top three somewhere too? Yeah, them and, you know, Oklahoma is going to have a lot of guys that are in placing matches there. I don't think they have the title contending power in Big 12s to to climb the rung, but we'll never forget when they won or, yeah, they tied for the Big 12 title in 2021. That was not on anyone's radar. Does does the Big 12 give out a dual team title? No. Okay. Because if they don't, I guess Coach, Coach Smith talked talked about that. He's like sort of sort of annoying that like because they don't like they're I think they're weird about the affiliate teams too and like sure. declaring uh, they don't want to declare Missouri a Big Twelve champion because mm-hmm. that doesn't really make what sense. Happened? So it's so it's sort of informal. Yeah. So because if they did, let's see who would it be. Um, they're they're all they've all just lost they've the all one lost. in conference. It was seven and one in conference. So then does it go to out of conference because Mizzou's lost a couple out of conference Oklahoma State's oh, lost it would, one. Well, it would probably go margin of victory or something to that effect. Yeah, within I, the yeah. conference is how I would probably believe it. So then it probably goes to, I guess, hmm, goes to Missouri then, right? Uh, Missouri won by 11, Oklahoma State. Oh, they lost Oklahoma State by a point. And then what was the Oklahoma State-Iowa State result? I don't even know. Oklahoma State, Iowa State was, uh, let's see, eighteen to eleven for Oklahoma State, or for Iowa State. Mar- so they would have the largest margin of victory if you did that. But maybe they would do all. Let's see. So yeah, because Oklahoma State is also seven and one. So does the OU match that today that counts as in conference? Obviously, also correct. Oh yeah. So if they win, they'll be eight and one. So their yeah. winning percentage is yes, better. But then that wouldn't be fair if you have one team that has more matches than the other team. Yeah. Um, Northern. I mean, I forgot that Northern Iowa match was really close. Also. Yeah. For Oklahoma. You and I. Or, uh, I don't know if I mentioned, but you and I, Wisconsin, also duel. That should be. A oh yeah. One. Is there any? What's the best match? Forty nine. If Gomez wrestles. Yeah, which is I would say unlikely. Um, I'd say. Yeah, not not a ton. Twenty-five is not that great. Um, Fifty-seven, sixty-seven. Yeah, no, it's not that many great matches. What is more likely for Penn State: five NCAA champs or nine All-Americans? Five champs. You think? Yeah, I'm just not convinced that they're going to. I mean, obviously, twenty-five is obviously out, right? And so then you'd have to get every single. You know, Van Ness and Bartlett and Facundo, all of those guys. I mean, Haynes Haynes probably, honestly, he's the most likely, in my opinion. Maybe not. Maybe second after Bartlett. I don't know. Um, You have to get all of them in. Yeah. I think it's probably right because the path, I think, the path for Penn State is Roman plus 74 through heavyweight. Um, That's probably how they get, that's how they get five. Perfect right there with the, I mean, he, you know, he has very close matches with, well, he beat, uh, Cassiope, and he's right there with Paris. So, yeah, who he has beaten. Yeah. Yes. So I agree with you. Five champs more likely than nine All Americans. Um, I don't know what this is in reference to necessarily, but I'll just ask it from PD three knocked out. Does Ben know stepping over a wizard is bad, bad, bad? Um, 
don't yeah, know. This, this shit, this, oh, I almost, I almost swore again. I didn't. I, this you one, know, that's you, you said the word. So no, I said, I said dip, and no. I was gonna say the second part. Of it. I didn't you, say it. Rewind the tape. You literally <laughs> said it, Ben. No, ben. I didn't. Tyler, Tyler, rewind the tape for him right now. <laughs> I did not. I, I'm I, sorry. I showed, I showed amazing restraint. No, well, you, um, you said it. Hold on. All right, I'm just gonna I say this. I did not say it. For the record, you said it. Now let's move on. No, I didn't. Tyler, I'll bet Christian fifty push-ups on this one. This Rewind is easy. I I was here. T- I heard it. it was, yeah. You just heard it because you thought it was coming, and I stopped. Okay. So, anyways, this one of these Twitter accounts was like trying to par- troll me or party on me about when I got scored on against Sargush, but it was, it was actually extra annoying because, um, uh, obviously context was left out, and so like those are too many periods. And in both of them, I was down. And so it was like, I had to try to force something where I normally wouldn't force it. And yeah, I stepped over a wizard because I was losing. And like, you know, what's the point? I love yeah, it. everyone knows it's bad, dumb, dumb. Okay. So yeah, uh, that was kind of, that was, that was annoying to me because it's like, okay, you're obviously trying to, you don't like me and you're, you're trying to make a point of something without context. Um, listen, I won two Hodge trophies. You didn't. There's very few people that did. If you did, you'd be David Taylor or Zane or Kale. Um, so I'm a lot better than you at wrestling. I know way more than you. Get lost, trolls. I I think this is actually uh, Zane Rutherford, though. <laughs> what if it was? Oh, my God. That'd be so funny. <laughs> I was trying to think of who would be the funniest one person to have a burner, like the most unrealistic. I came up with Zane. Yeah, that would be that would be funny. This is this is a person Zane who like as he's getting interviewed after he w- makes a spot in Final X is getting sworn at. <laughs> Someone says "f you" to Zane. He goes, "Thank you." Have a, he says, "Have a good day," <laughs> <laughs> which is honestly like he is just genuinely a nice guy. But it would also be like the perfect troll move too. Yeah, uh, but I Such don't think he's trouble. trolling. He's just a nice guy. What do you say? He's like, she's passionate. She's passionate. Yeah, he's like, she's passionate. <laughs> you know which clip I love so much? I've been, because I, I recorded it, I sent it to you. That Quentin Wright clip that I sent you, Christian, I've been showing it to other people. Oh my God, it's like my favorite now. Go ahead and say it. Oh, it's, I mean, it's uh, it's a YouTube interview and he says, uh, I'm going to mess it up now, but he says something like, yeah, you know, I was miserable and you know, I'm a Christian, so I was talking to God and I said, I said, God, I'm miserable. He said, I know. And he said, I didn't make you do ankle picks. He said, God, I know. I hate ankle picks. <laughs> and then God said, what do you like to do? And he said, I like to throw people and slam them on their heads. He said, good. <laughs> that was what I made you to do. <laughs> it was so awesome. It was awesome. It's true. <laughs> I, made you, I made you to throw people and slam them on their heads. And then he won a national title because God he, told him that. It was the greatest ever. That was very good advice. Oh my God, I love it so much. Quentin Wright is—he's great. You're just lucky. God hasn't opened a a, a wrestling academy in Wisconsin, or you'd be screwed. <laughs> you'd have, you would have no chance. You'd have to flee the state. Oh my gosh, this is so hell. I like. I mean, honestly, the whole interview is insightful, and Quentin Wright is just—yeah, he's like, how do you not love Quentin Wright? How do you not? Um, he didn't slam you on your head though, Ben. Yeah, I, I knew not to give up an underhook. That was smart. Uh, what would a match? This is from Barry. What would a match between Aliras and Yanni look like? God, I think Yanni controls it, but 
They'll probably wrestle because Illyria's loves freestyle. He hasn't done it really in the last year, and Yanni's at that weight class. So we're going to probably see it at some point pretty soon. Yeah. I think it's fire. I think it's a good match. I think Illyria's can get in. He is a really, really good finisher, but Yanni is so, so good. I think Yanni could reattack him. You you have to pick Yanni, but I think I'm watching that match, that's for sure. Uh, I think Illyria's... At 149, if he ever went went up there again, would he'd be right in there as a contender oh, yeah. to make the finals at 149? Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, uh, the question was, who's the mystery 97 pounder reference the other day that was training with Michigan? It was Jake Woodley. Sounds like he did not get in. I tweeted that, but in case you didn't see that, Ethan, that was who. Um. Maybe we got a lot of questions, but you already, you already asked a bunch of them yesterday. Yeah, JD posted a bunch of these, and I think he just copy and pasted. JD kind of mailed in this doc. Not gonna lie, uh, but he, <laughs> he alleged he claims he was in uh, in Missouri. Hmm. Uh, I guess, but wish we had say. a little, little better proof of that. Yeah, there's a, well, there's um, a lot of just like Keegan Ben pot shots uh, in my feed right now. I don't think yeah. that's very fun. Imagine that's the case. Sometimes they come off as unlikable. Um, there's actually the, the interesting topic, Jake Heinrich. The, it's the last question, I believe. Oh, no, it's not. There's more pages of questions. It is, it is closer to the end. Uh, he talks about what I was talking about on uh, Monday where uh, certain kids transfer and they have not as great of a uh, – Really, it's really when it's later in their career and they've maybe already graduated mm-hmm. and – um, they, they're, they're last year. I brought up some of the guys that went to Wisconsin, McNally and Lamont. And who else was I? Ta- it, was, it was actually brought up in reference to someone else. Who the hell was it? Um, oh, Castro. Um, Castro. Yeah. Dejan Castro. Um, Castro. and I think it's just like, I, and I see this with kids who come to train at my wrestling Academy after training other places, whether, and not, not super early, not at like eight, nine, 10, but like say they come at, a lot of kids they 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 get done with middle school and maybe that's they're they're saying I want to go there and they're telling their parents or maybe it's them realizing hey if I want to achieve a really high level this is the most likely place for me to go and they come over by us and you got to change things and fix bad habits so lots of times it's kind of like a downswing of a- adding new things in you know mm-hmm. and there's a downswing because you're not going to be as good at the new things as you are at the old things and so there's this downswing before an upswing you know what i'm saying like you go down and then you come back up um and so for a new you know for a, a kid that's at that old 22 23 and they're going somewhere new for coaches to try to add things in at that point it might be more negative than beneficial i mean if i'm getting a kid that's that old i'm probably trying to make like really small changes it's like dude you know we got one year left you're not gonna be able to implement that many new things like maybe let's make a few small changes to what you're already doing you know you're probably most of these kids are already like pretty good and i think mm-hmm. maybe coaches are make large-scale changes and it really backfires i'm not i'm not certain but you do see that quite a bit where the kid has less success as a last year transfer yeah makes sense a right, question yeah. from Corey stainbrook uh he wrestled at west virginia yeah, I know Corey, and he uh, works at either works or worked at Rudis. I'm not certain. Yeah, pretty sure you beat Earl Hall one time, if I'm remembering correctly. Really? He had some big wins. Uh, I'll look that up after I ask this question. He okay. asked, "Would you put this performance over Gomez Yanni? Both impressive." That is Ooh. the question. I, I, I would. I don't. I don't know why, but I was just more impressed with 
how Carr did it. Um, sure, and, that, yeah, I mean, I, well, I, I think Yanni was way more shocking. Obviously, Yanni. More I think there's because you definitely didn't give you gave Carr a lot more of a chance than I mean, mm-hmm. Carr was like, the, who's going to win? You know, it's like it's I don't know. I, I said I said yesterday it'd probably be close to even money if we made a betting line. Gomez Yanni was not. Yeah, I think the yeah. like it depends how you interpret the question because if it's if you if you think like impressive is somebody accomplishing a feat that that like they should not be able to or they that you know is is less likely I, I don't know maybe it's Gomez but but if it's impressive in terms of like it teaches you something about somebody that you think um, is just true and you didn't realize was true like that's car to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey did beat. Earl Hall, he did lose to him six. Oh. They wrestled seven times. Um, but Corey got him. Okay. Um, next up, what is AQ? So when we're saying AQ, um, we're meaning, Dylan, that like the conference gets a spot for basically you. Automatic qualifier. Yeah, but you're not an automatic qualifier. Because um, that, that's where it gets confusing. Because like... Yeah, well, Peyton Mako's going to earn an auto qualifier spot for the Big Twelve, but that doesn't mean he's an auto qualifier. You know what I mean? He did not automatically yeah, qualify for NCAs. Right, you earn an you earn the conference automatic qualifier spots. Yes, yes, and it it does mean for for a lot of those guys, even if you don't qualify, there there is a good chance that you'd get an at large because you're considered to be that good. But it's not definitely not guaranteed. Yes, exactly. So basically. The Big Ten's going to get 10 people at 165, 10 spots. And Dean Hamity and Carson Hartschla and, and yeah, Alex Facundo and all those guys are going to earn the, those spots um, for the conference. And so then there'll be, you know, usually they give out somewhere 27 to 29 of them, somewhere in there. And then that means after the conference is over, anyone who did not finish in those allotments will potentially have to get a wild card of which there's uh you know say four to six of them left somewhere there yes yes um all right here's a question from keith would ben rather have mizzou win the team title at nationals but keegan not win at all keegan win at all missouri not place top four yeah that's uh i mean well it's it's a it's a tough question because um, how is Mizzou going to beat Penn State this year? These are this. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're not. It's the, the it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, if it was if it was close, then it would be a maybe more difficult because it'd be actually a serious question. Um, you know, but with Mizzou, uh, I mean, I could see them taking second. Maybe the question would be second. I think would be maybe a more reasonable question, but then. Penn State's got five possible champs. Like, I don't know how we're going to compete with that at this point in time. Um, Just hypothetically, says Keith. Yeah, so we'll, I'm going to say second. I'm going to say the question. I'm going to change the question to be in second because that's more realistic. Um, taking second and Keegan not winning or Key, or Keegan winning and not Mizzou not, not taking top four. Um, that is a hard question right there. You don't have to answer. I have no control over it, so I don't really have to think that much about this. Whatever is going to happen is going to happen. Wow. Also, um, also, who's your favorite child? Yeah, who's your favorite kid? Just off the top. Uh, <laughs> it's a great question. Also, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. Don't I, answer that it, one. Yeah, I'm not answering that question. Hmm. I mean, well, if Mizzou takes second, it's amazing because it's the the uh, highest finish ever, and the Keegan still got can win two more, right? But if mm-hmm. Keegan loses, then he can't win four. But if Mizzou doesn't take him in the top four, that means they perform relatively poorly, probably as a team, because all they need to do to take top four right now is is wrestle two two seed or two where they're at, and even even within the, those, it's like you guys have Hart at fourteen right now, so like I think he should be you know finish above that. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to abstain. He is abstaining. Okay. Uh, anything else before we go? Uh, I have nothing. We had sectionals this weekend. Should be exciting. A lot of guys qualifying for the Wisconsin Wrestling State Tournament we have next week. Um, yeah, I got nothing else. Yes, man. State championship season right now. There's like, I think, 18 states having their state championships this weekend, something like that. It's like the most important weekend of the year for most wrestlers, like most wrestling people, yeah. right? So yeah, for sure. Good it's luck big... at your state tournaments. Good luck to the Buffalo Gap Bison, the VHSL state tournament. Uh, what are Salem, ranked right now, Christian? Uh, they, they got six qualifiers. They could have, uh, a, they C- could have a champ. They're, C- he- they're heavyweights good. CSCS Lions only have one qualifier. But we had two, oh, man. We had two defectors, two placers that are now at our rival high school. It's oh, just, my gosh. We need an investigation. We're going to go investigate. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be back Monday. I think JD will be back. He should be back. Ben will be here. He'll be back in his... uh, I haven't missed a show in forever. Yeah. Feels like I need to miss a show soon. I don't think... Was it probably October or September that I missed a show, maybe? Perfect. You're going to get that perfect attendance badge at the end of the year. We'll certificate one. I mean, because you, you just, like, take off. I'm going to go on a ski vacation. I'm going to do this. Like, you're just going all the time. I'll remember that. I'll remember that. <laughs> you send me your emails. Here, here. And I'll, yeah, anyway. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not falling for it, Ben. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend. Let's watch some wrestling. See ya.